witchy friends and Mm. welcome to resting witch face your one stop on for all things spooky bitchy and more that's grant jacoby that's bailey bennett and this episode is brought to you by the asmr sounds you're going to hear from us drinking prosecco on this sunday evening um this is the first time we've ever drank alcohol while recording this podcast and i don't what were we doing i don't know not living our best life this is the first time i ever drank alcohol so I'm gonna yep. get gonna get fucking well, was, slammed yeah. on this one. It was glass my 21st birthday yesterday, so it's really oh, special. God. For me. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of afraid I'm gonna get a little drunk by the end of this. Just so you know, I don't haven't been drinking that much, and this is a lot for me. I mean, I haven't drank in that much since last night. Mm-hmm. So cool. Okay, uh, so your tolerance <laughs> is probably super low. Yes, got it. Um, what do we have this week? We I feel like we have a lot to discuss. Yes. Per usual, but um, if I could just jump right in, I just have a little correction to make from uh, two weeks ago. Cool. Um, when we talked about when we talked about our top three favorite scary movies. Oh my god! And mine were terrible. And then you mm. named all the good ones. Well, I said I think I said Scream, Halloween, and Psycho were my top three, and yes. I literally forgot my favorite scary movie of all time. Oh my god! Tell us. Black Christmas. That's your favorite scary it's movie? It's my fucking favorite. The original. Not the, not the <gasps> remake with Michelle Trachtenberg. I've never seen it. Oh. What? Also. Oh, my God. Sorry to scream into the microphone. Sorry. It's on, it's on Amazon. Okay. Like Amazon Prime. Oh, man. We, yes. <gasps> we should watch it oh, yeah, together. We can watch it's it. so fucking good. Green, I, have to, I have to confess something to you. I haven't seen that many scary movies. Okay. Well, we need to fix that. Yeah. Well, I was very scared of them for a long time. And I'm coming around because, like... I'm a fraud and we have this podcast, but so many of them I just avoided for all of my life. Okay. So this feel free to say no, cause I'm putting you on the spot since we were literally recording, okay. <laughs> but we were just talking about maybe actually hanging out for real next weekend besides actually, mm-hmm. um, you know, besides recording this podcast and maybe instead of going to a bar, like I suggested, maybe we just, I finally show you some scary movies that you'll love. I mean, if it involves not leaving my house, yes, <laughs> I want to do that. Okay, well, Black Christmas it uh, is from 1974, I believe, and it was directed by uh, Bob Clark, who did A Christmas Story, LOL. Oh, and um, it's a, a it's a Canadian a turn. it's a Canadian horror film starring Olivia Hussey, who is in the um, uh, Romeo and Juliet from like the 60s that you probably watched in okay. English class, maybe, mm-hmm. um, and also Margot Kidder and Andrea Martin. And it's kind of like the original, like the pre-slasher to like, like people always talk about how, um, although technically Peeping Tom is the original slasher. Mm -hmm. No one has seen Peeping Tom. Um, Like people equate like Psycho. I guess Psycho was before this, but people all, basically people say that Halloween and Friday the 13th were the ones that kind of really tipped the scale over to the slasher genre of the 80s, where it was just like a watershed of like every five seconds. It was like, slasher films mm-hmm. um which very grateful for because there's so many <laughs> true gems um like house on sorority row and prom night and terror train and mm-hmm. happy birthday to me uh-huh. they're real all pretty but also pretty bad black christmas however 
it's a very simple concept. It's about a group of sorority girls in a sorority house who are staying like near Christmas break and um, someone breaks into the house and it's kind of just like a slow burner. Mm, I love those. Like picked off one by one. And it's the original. This is like a spoiler, but also not that spoiler. Cause like you figure out pretty fucking quickly is it's the original. The call is coming from inside the house. Oh, nice. And, um, as well as it's one of the first films that uses like filmed from the killer's POV, like the oh, camera cool. work. Mm-hmm. And it's really beautifully well done. And the, the phone calls that the killer makes to the house are some of the most disturbing sound, like the things that are said. And it's just like very ahead of its time and it's very forward thinking. And still there's the, one of the scenes towards the end of the movie is I still think when like one of the scariest 30 seconds I've ever seen on screen. Um, And I usually save it for around Christmas time to watch it. This past Christmas, I watched it twice, two nights in a row. Cool. It is, um, I, I watch Love Actually every year. Grant watches Black Christmas. Yeah. I mean, so I just I I literally like I, I got home that night and I was like thinking about like oh like my top three and and I I still stand by that Halloween Psycho and Scream are definitely in my top five. But I agree, and I've seen all those movies, and I don't know why I didn't say them last time. I didn't say I like I was talking what about. Did you say I said like. Well, I said the ring in Paranormal Activity really oh. scared me a lot, but I'm not saying they are not some of the best horror movies ever made. Well, I will say I haven't seen Paranormal Activity again in many, many years. Um, probably since it came out, but I watched the ring. Uh, obviously, I watched the ring when it first came out when I was young. And then I watched it again probably in college. Doesn't really hold up. I mean, like it's it's good, but it's nowhere near as mm-hmm. I think our threshold for fear was pretty low. Yeah. And then, thank God, we all got through the the torture porn era of like Saw and Hostel and like. Oh my God! Those movies are so bad. Well, I, well, the original I spit on your grave is from the seventies. Yeah. That's like it's actually an important film. And and anyway, <laughs> no, 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 I'm actually we we've talked about doing like an all like horror film discussion, mm-hmm. and maybe it's something we'll do. Well, specifically, we're talking about maybe doing a Scream episode. I mean, we love Scream because we love it, and there's a lot to unpack, but. Yeah, I Spit on Your Grave, like Last House on the Left. Like there are a lot of like those like exploitation films of the 70s that are really upsetting, but like very important. Yes, and we can talk about why it's feminist in a later episode. Yes. Anyway. Good old rape revenge films. No. Do-do-do. Speaking of spooky shit, as we always are, (laughs) I I have an email from a listener to read today. Um, Our friend Adam. Who? (laughs) Adam, I've been attempting to respond to this email for a while and it's just sitting in the outbox and I could try harder, but it just won't go. And I, I'm sorry, I I read it and we're going to read it. So Adam says he has a ghost story of sorts. I have not read this yet and neither have you. So we're going to see. I just said that we read the email. I skipped the story to to keep an air of authenticity. Great. I have not read it either. So I'm, but I was waiting to hear Bailey read it to me. Yes, honey. I'm here this for is you. live. Real time, real time fear. <laughs> so he says, There's this urban legend in my town, which is an old mill town in Maine, so extra spooky, that I ended up experiencing myself. So my closest group of friends in high school and I used to drive around all night like idiots, i.e., classic high school students, mm-hmm. oftentimes going to Wendy's or Coldstone or whatever. Classic. Oh, yeah. You're literally describing my... That sound is so good. So fucking good. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, one night, pre-Wendy's, we were driving <laughs> in the older part of town, and my friend started to tell us about this ghost that supposedly hangs out at the bottom of a hill in front of a gas station. 
That's where I would haunt too. Mm-hmm. Just the back of a gas station. <laughs> um, it's, the go- <laughs> it's the ghost of an old man in his wheelchair. I can't remember any details about what happened to him, but I'm pretty sure he was homeless. In order to see the ghost, you're supposed to drive to the hill, stop at the top, and turn off your lights, then coast down the hill, and the ghost will appear as you hit the bottom of the hill. Now, as much as I am super into ghost stories and scary shit, I and my friends are fairly skeptical. Maine is definitely haunted and full of ghosts. Hello, Stephen King territory. Mm -hmm. And the atmosphere is downright terrifying 99% of the time. But this story just didn't have enough legend to, to it to make us fully believe. We decided whatever, we would just do it and get a good laugh. We drove up to the hill, stopped for a moment, turned off all the lights, and after a moment to steal our nerves, my friend James, the driver, drove forward and coasted down the hill. The precise moment we hit the bottom of the hill, we heard a noise and all of the locks in the car unlocked. (gasps) Naturally, we screamed, mostly out of shock from hearing the noise, but also because of the strangely coincidental nature of the timing. My friend pulled over and we burst out laughing in our discomfort and caught our breath. However, we couldn't get the locks to lock again. We started accusing each other of pressing a button to unlock the doors, but the only person who had that power was the driver, and he swore that he didn't press anything. So we decided to try again and see if anything else happened. When we got back to the top of the hill, the lock started working again, so James locked the doors and repeated the process. This time, we all made sure to keep our eyes on the driver's side lock button to make sure he wasn't trying to scare us. As we hit the bottom, the doors again all unlocked, and we wouldn't and wouldn't relock until we drove out of that section of town, spooked AF, ready to nom the Wendy's fries in a frosty. We didn't see a man in a wheelchair, but we were definitely shooketh. <laughs> Once is a coincidence, <gasps> twice is fucking weird. Oh my God. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. And thank you, Adam, for doing what most of us would not do, which would be like, fuck this, I'm out of here. Or being like, oh, it must have been the driver instead of like trying it again. Yeah, that is dedication. And, and I that really respect it. That is yeah. proof of some paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was just taking a sip. <laughs> <laughs> getting drunk oh my god thank you for that that is i love that i love that and i would love i want more stories like that please yeah, send please, them to us. please send even if they're even if they're brief um any sort of and not as well written as adam yeah um but even if it's something like we would love to hear like your local ghost stories even if you haven't yeah. say, experienced something or maybe it's like your mom has a ghost story or your cousin or your cousin's cousin yeah um, listen not all of us have had the pleasure and the privilege to be touched by a ghost yes but i would also say that there is obviously there's plenty of information out there on the internet to, for different ghost stories but i think that there's something really special about like the local legends that maybe don't get as publicized mm-hmm. as and they're the things that make me believe so much more oh, than anything else absolutely when someone is like tells me that they've seen a ghost i'm like well that's definitive proof right there or like the fucking um what was it mr death oh my god yes mr death Ooh, <laughs> yeah that was such a good one um where it's like the numerous people had experienced yeah i love that yeah oh yeah <sighs> if you've seen that old wheelchair man in maine or if you us. are the old wheelchair man mm-hmm. in maine Definitely. Give us if a. We're even. I mean, clearly, we've been waiting for an email from a ghost. Yes, it, which you can send always to rwfpodcast at gmail dot com, nice. or just like slide into our DMs mm-hmm. at rwfpodcast on Instagram. Nice plug. <laughs> Thank you. Um, you don't you have a scary story to tell us as well? I guess so. This is like a. I mean, you don't have to. Do a it. petite. Hey, that scared the shit out of me. Which is so in. I guess in all 
apartments, but specifically I've noticed in New York City apartments that some will have two doors before you can enter into the building, Mm -hmm. which I think is good for safety. Mm -hmm. Um, My building does not have that. So it's just, you've been to my apartment. Yeah. Like you open the front door and you're in the building and my apartment is situated. It's like you, you enter through, I guess, like the, the ground floor, but it's like a couple steps down. So there's this weird, like little outdoor foyer. Okay. A vestibule. A vestibule. And it, I think particularly because I listen to a lot of murder podcasts that kind of talk about like, Oh, um, different like things to be aware of. So you don't get murdered. Mm -hmm. Um, I became very, very aware, like when I'm going into my apartment, especially because there's like a gate that lines the, this outdoor Mm -hmm. vestibule. Mm -hmm. So I often sometimes don't even close up behind me. I've been now doing that. And I, so like, I'm like, whenever I'm going to my apartment, especially if it's at night, I'm like, ah, like making sure no one's like going to sneak in behind me. Yeah. Um, and so the other day I had the moment where I was like sneaking behind me. Like I would like, but I got into my apartment safe. And I was like, phew, phew. And then I went and um, I was like, oh shit, I should take out the trash. So I go into the trash and take it back outside. And as I'm coming like up those stairs to like loop around the side of the apartment building to dump the trash, I like feel this like presence behind me and like, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, and it was a person, uh-huh. but, and they just had just been like chilling and like walking along. And I just like hadn't seen them as I like had walked up the stairs and like kind of slightly cut them off on the sidewalk. Mm-hmm. But because I was already in this like mode of like someone's behind me to like push me into my apartment yeah. and like murder me, I probably jumped like a solid two inches <laughs> off the ground and scared them because they were just like my like it was like a cute boy like minding his own fucking business oh with his like headphones in literally i was just like carrying my trash like spazzing out like the true freak that i am so sorry to you <laughs> misconnection that's amazing yeah. i'm also really scared of entering like someone entering my apartment with me because mm-hmm. like my the door to my apartment we have two doors but the door to my apartment is like on the street. It's not like on a side street. Mm-hmm. So there are there have been times where I'm like unlocking it and like coming in the door and someone is coming in behind me. And like, I'm just afraid, like you can oh. just pretend you live here and just like use me to get in. Holy shit, yeah. So I, this is my plan. There's like mailboxes and after the first door, before the second door. So if anyone is ever like following me in that I feel nervous about just like stop and like take a couple minutes to open your mailbox just like check if there's anything in there and then if they're still if they're just like standing there waiting for you to be done to open the next door you walk the fuck out you leave yeah that's 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 a a, i mean it's a scenario i've built in my head but um, but it's good i mean i think that we at least i know that i as a paranoid person will go through the rolodex of different scenarios in my head before they happen um so, and I think it sometimes can be good. I think you yeah. can use that, that mental, um, blockage or like that fear to yeah. challenge something good, which is actually, it's like, no, I'm actually just being proactive. And like, if I, if the situation ever arises, I am prepared. Yeah. I've also heard if you're, <laughs> I'm just going to give you all my advice. If yeah. you're ever in an elevator, like by yourself and someone gets in with you and like you feel uncomfortable with them and you don't like, if it's like at night and you're like in an elevator with this other person, I've heard that you should look them in the eye and ask them a question like what time is it or something like that because as soon as like then they'll realize you have facial recognition of them and Uh. then like if they were i mean on the off chance that they were planning on doing something you they'll know that you'll recognize them unless they're gonna kill you anyways yeah i mean 
<laughs> I that this is I really don't know if that's actually good advice, but it seems like it would be. Oh my god, yeah. Anyway. Bitches, right? Bitches. Yeah. Bitches who are badass. Um I'll go first. Okay. So my baddest bitches of the week are um I just want to give a little shout out to Adam Rippon and Gus Kenworthy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Two fabulous, fierce, out and proud Olympians from America who they're not the, f- I'm pretty sure Adam Rippon is the first openly gay American figure skater, which is mm-hmm. like, we're talking about figure yeah, yeah, skating. Like what's been happening. I just like, I hesitate to always be like, they're the first person after Sam Smith had that huge blunder at the Oscars. Where he's like, I'm the first openly gay man oh, yeah. to win an Oscar. And they're like, nope. Right. Yeah. Not even close. So they're both just like very vocal about their sexuality and like, not in like a annoying way. I think it's more just like, this is who I am. And this is a part of me and like Gus Kenworthy, like I think NBC showed him like openly like kissing his boyfriend on TV, which apparently is like, that's a huge deal, especially for the Olympics, which is being viewed by so many people. And so many different walks of life that a lot of people that are probably more bigoted. So I think it's important to be like, yeah, like these are, these are human beings too. Mm -hmm. Um, And Adam Rippon specifically has been very, very, he he actually has been very vocal. um, And actually both, sorry, both of them have, refuse to go to any sort of white house event that mm-hmm. would cause them meeting with Trump or Pence because, um, they obviously protest the current administration. Yeah. Um, there's been a whole, I mean, I've been seeing a lot of activity between Pence and, um, Adam Rippon on Twitter, right? Yes. So kudos them for, you know, sticking up for what they believe in. And I'm trying to find it now, but I, Adam Rippon had to get a special extra shout out because, I can't find the the clip in my Twitter feed right now, but um, someone asked him like, how, like, how are you basically, like, how are you so good at what you do? And his response oh, yeah. was, I can't explain witchcraft. Yes. I saw that. And literally I was just like, <gasps> Our brand. he is one of us. And he also tweeted something out. Um, that was read really quick. This was a couple days ago. And he said, fun fact, being true to who you are and not giving a shit about what others think about you is an awesome and liberating thing, whether you are gay or not. Sometimes we as the gays need to be reminded of that more often, but like everyone should try it for real. Just do it. That's Last awesome. part's on all caps. That's why I got louder. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think it's a really important, you know, really nice message of be yourself, be who you are. Don't make any apologies. You shouldn't have to apologize for your beliefs and for who you are, unless you're an asshole, in which case you should apologize. Yes. Um, and yes, we understand like the Olympics are probably over by the time this episode is coming out. I mean, I, I don't watch the Olympics. I yeah, think I I'm actually am very vehemently against the Olympics for a lot of the kind of the fetishization and mm-hmm. glorification of sports that we have in our Fuck society. Sports. sports are so fucking stupid. So we don't support sports on this podcast. <laughs> um, but regardless, the sentiment holds true. Yes. So I love that. Um, for my bitch this week, We've mentioned her before, but I just want to put her in the spotlight for a second. Um, Mariska Hargitay. Oh, yes. (laughs) Not only has she been killing it on SVU since, what, 1999? Uh, Yeah. Like, just, you know, basically 20 solid years of good work. Um, There hasn't been any super recent updates with this, but, you know, within the last year, she has really made it her mission to end the backlog of rape kits mm-hmm. um, and worked on a documentary for HBO about it. And I just think she's she's doing really important work and kind of turning her role on television into 
a real role of activism in the world. Um, I don't really understand why we're in this position where so many rape kits have gone untested and so many victims aren't are not getting the justice that they deserve. But mm -hmm. I think it's really awesome that she is using her platform to try to do something about that. Um, and she's done a lot of charity work in the past for sexual assault and abuse victims. And she's just, just an angel. I love her. I love her so much. Her um, organization is called, uh, is it Sacred Heart? Okay. So she has the Joyful Heart Foundation. Joyful Heart. Fuck. Joyful and Heart. then I am, I am Evidence is the is that the documentary yes that's the documentary yeah she not yeah not only she's i mean she's an incredible actress mm -hmm. um she was nominated for i think she won both a golden globe and an emmy for her role as olivia benson on svu and i i'm pretty sure obviously i don't have the it up right in front of me but i'm pretty sure she once said that she will never leave the show because the stories that they tell are are too important i love that like they're this is like what we talked about with um, Meredith Grey recently, Ellen Pompeo, where, she, yeah. where she's just like. Speaking of which, Ellen Pompeo, fucking savage AF on Twitter. So, um, well, let me pull it up because I definitely retweeted it because I was I fucking gasped. So the other day, um, Laura Ingram mm -hmm. on fucking Fox News yeah. was talking about LeBron James and said he should shut up and just dribble. Mm -hmm. um, and leave political comments to the people who didn't leave high school a year early. Like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, fuck you. Um, you are not a badass bitch of the week. No. Laura. But Ellen Pompeo <laughs> responded saying, someone tell this bitch to meet me outside. I'm so not in the mood for playing nice or polite this week. <laughs> it, yes. gets, it gets better because, and then in a now deleted tweet, um, a woman responded being like, like, you're just inciting violence and like, like she may not like respond to you, but like, I will like, like Perfect. if you, if you want to fight me, like I will. Mm -hmm. yeah. And Ellen responded saying, yes, meet me at the corner of Crenshaw and Slauson. <laughs> just like not fucking pulling. Like she is just like, you know what? Like I, I love Honey, yes. fed up, fed up. I love it. Sorry. I didn't mean to like, no, it's fine. Overshadow Mariska. Cause she is also a fucking angel warrior. Glamazon goddess yes yes to all of that yeah fight fight for what's right yeah okay well now that we've <laughs> talked about all this positivity what are you what are you going to tell us about this week okay so this week's story that i'm going to tell you comes from it's a it came from a recommendation from one of our listeners named mary kate so thank you mary kate thank you and i'm going to be telling you a story about something that i had heard of but it never really researched or knew much about um so this is about the mothman of Ple point pleasant west virginia oh my god yay this so, is like some x-file shit yeah this is this is really some we're going to some paranormal activity okay. so our story begins on november 12th 1966 when five men who were digging a grave at a cemetery near clenenden west virginia why are you digging a like why did it take five people to dig a grave sure okay um <laughs> I guess I don't know much about grave digging. Um, they, be they, honest. Yeah. Oh, um, they claim to see a man-like figure fly low from the trees over their heads. This has been, and this is the first identified, this is often identified as the first known sighting of what became known as the Mothman. I should mm -hmm. say that I got a lot of this information from Wikipedia, duh, and prairieghosts.com. Ooh. 
Um, shortly thereafter, on November 15th, 1966, two young couples, Roger and Linda Scarberry and Steve and Mary Millette, had a very strange encounter as they drove past an abandoned TNT plant near Point Pleasant, West Virginia. The couples spotted two large eyes that were attached to something that was, in quote, shaped like a man, but bigger, maybe six or seven feet tall, and it had big wings folded against its back, end quote. Oh, wow. When the creature moved toward the plant door, the couples panicked and sped away. Moments later, they saw the same creature on a hillside near the road. It spread its wings and rose into the air, following with their car, which was now traveling at over 100 miles per hour. Oh. Yeah. Like, <laughs> That's not safe, kids. Yeah, don't do that. Um, the bird kept right up with us, said one of the group. It followed them down Highway 62 and right up to the Point Pleasant city limits. It's very interesting that he's a larger than a man because you'd think a cross between a man and a moth would be like a bit smaller. <laughs> Actually, so we'll explain where the name Mothman comes from. It really has nothing to do with moths. Oh, okay. It's very deceptive. Okay, cool. Go on. It's more like Birdman. Oh, that's oh, a great movie. That is a great movie. That's a great movie. Cool. Um, so at about... <laughs> what if at the end of all this, it's just Michael Keaton? <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert. Um, at about 1030 on that save, same evening, Newell Partridge, a local building contractor who lived in Salem, which was about 90 miles away from Point Pleasant, was watching... What's tel- that place? Salem? Sorry. I think we're in... This is like Salem, West Virginia. Oh, God damn it. Yeah, we're no, we're in West Virginia. We're not nowhere, nowhere near Massachusetts. Oh, you're so happy. I'm to, so drunk. Yeah, dr- so drunk off like three fourths of a glass of Prosecco. I'm just gonna it. shut up now. Please no, no, please. Uh, he was watching television when the screen suddenly went dark. He stated that a weird pattern filled the screen and he heard a loud whining sound that sounded like a generator winding up. His dog Bandit began to howl on the, out on the front porch and he went to go to see what's going on. When he walked outside, he saw a bandit, his dog, facing the hay barn, which was about 150 yards from the house. Um, he turned on a flashlight in that direction and spotted two red circles that looked like eyes or bicycle reflectors. Either or. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, bandit, who was an experienced hunting dog and obviously then very protective of his territory, shot off across the yard in pursuit of the glowing eyes. Partridge called out for him to stop, but the dog did not pay any attention. His owner then turned and went back into the house searching for his gun, but then was too scared to go back outside again and ended up sleeping that night with his gun propped up next to his bed. Bandit was never seen again. No, Bandit. I know. I like. Wait, I wasn't expecting I know. That. I almost like didn't want to put that part in because like I hate, but this, this is the worst part of the story. Um, yeah, so Bandit was never seen again, although Roger Scarberry, who is one of the members of the group who spotted the strange bird-like creature at the TNT plant, said that after they had escaped the this bird, as they entered the city limits of Point Pleasant, they saw the bar- body of a large dog lying on the side of the road. However, when they turned around a few minutes later to fetch the body, it was gone. Oh, my God. Which is strange because um, Partridge's, Newell Partridge's story, he's like 90 miles away in in Salem, not Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. So it's unclear how potentially Bandit's body might have wound up in Point Pleasant, but maybe the Mothman just like really likes killing dogs. Yeah, I mean, maybe it it just scooped him up in his talons and he mm-hmm. flew away with him and then just dropped him off 90 miles away. Yeah. Wait, who's to say? On November 16th, a press conference was held in the county courthouse and the couples from the TNT plant sighting repeated their story which oddly was taken very seriously by the town sheriff as well as the press. That's um, the kind of d- detective work that I like to hear. Yeah, like really like taking it at face value. I mean, like, yep, we totally believe you. Cool. Um, 
and the local press ended up dubbing the odd flying creature the Mothman after a character from the popular Batman television series. Another option probably would have been Batman. <laughs> no. <laughs> But how funny is it that they saw a winged man creature and they were like, let's take a lesser known (laughs) character from the Batman series and call it that rather than the thing that it actually could be. True. However, I'm sure there have been a lot more copyright infringement in like the future had they been like, oh, the Batman. Okay, but like, where's my Mothman movie? Like Black Panther, whatever. Well, oh, well, true that, but we're going to, but there is a Mothman movie. The Mothman prophecies. I need, I need to calm down. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, so rumors began then to spread that the Mothman lived in the TNT plant where he was first spotted. The area was made up of several hundred acres of woods and large concrete domes um, where a bunch of high explosives were stored during World War II. Also, a network of tunnels ran throughout the area and it could have made it possible for the creature to move about without being seen. Uh, the area also compri- was also comprised of the McClintic Wildlife Station, which was a heavily forested animal preserve filled with woods, artificial ponds, and steep ridges and hills. I obviously did not write this. Mm-hmm. Much of the property was almost inaccessible. The only people who would ever have wandered onto the property were local hunters and fishermen, as well as teenagers who would use the preserve as a lover's lane of sorts. Ooh. Can you imagine? Just like you're getting it on with like your true honey and <laughs> you the just, Mothman just lands on your car you just had your milkshake and um it brought all the boys to the yard <laughs> and it also brought all the moth males <laughs> to the yard <laughs> oh. bye we should be per second more often okay. okay so during the next few days other people reported similar sightings of a large gray bird with red eyes including one woman named marcella bennett Is she related to you yeah that's me who was so scared to see the creature that she dropped her baby. (laughs) (laughs) I was the baby. Yeah. I was going to say, was this your mom dropped you? It explains so much. So funny. That was my favorite part of the story, which was like, she was so fucking scared. She was like in her yard. She saw it. She literally dropped her baby, ran away. And then was like, Oh fuck. And, and like in the article, they were like, they're like, don't worry. The the baby was fine. I'm like, I mean, thank God, I guess like, it's like the opposite of like a mother's intuition. It's oh just be God. like, fuck you, baby. Marcella. Marcella. Oh okay. Um, <laughs> according to the, uh, the reports of these various witnesses, of which there were upwards of 100, the creature stood between five and seven feet tall, was wider than a man, and shuffled on human-like legs. Mm-hmm. It had eyes that were set near the top of its shoulders and had bat... What? Yeah, I, that's a description I can't... Okay. So I think it like, like maybe, a hammerhead shark. Yes. Cool. Um, and had bat like wings that glided rather than flapped when it flew. Oh, so like a Batman. <laughs> <laughs> this is the story of Bruce Wayne. Um, I also can't picture how something glides, uh, how wings glide rather than flap. Yeah. It's like, I can. Yeah. Like a, like a, just like kind of like swaying back and forth. It's just like cutting through the air, like a plane. Okay. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and apparently it was also able to ascend straight up like a helicopter. Okay. Um, I mean. Uh, witnesses also described its skin as being either a murky gray or brown. Hmm. And it emitted a humming sound when it flew. Uh, the Mothman also gave off a screeching sound, which Mrs. Bennett, your mother, yep. stated that it sounded like a woman screaming. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, so... 
So Mason County Sheriff George Johnson commented that he, while he believed the sightings had occurred, but that it was probably not a Mothman creature, but was perhaps an unusually large heron. No, no. Probably not. And wildlife biologist Dr. Robert L. Smith at West Virginia University told reporters that descriptions and sightings all fit the Sandhill Crane, a large American crane almost as high as a man with a seven-foot wingspan featuring circles of reddish coloring around the eyes and that the bird may have wandered out of its migration route. That's Um, like way too big of a bird. Way too big of a bird and that doesn't... Yeah, it's... I mean, people are always going to go for like the easy. Of course. I mean, I really prefer to think that it's like a large man who's dressing up like this every night and just going out on the town. Oh, like who's, of that. yeah. Who's to say? Except it's, the like flying parts. Hmm. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> so little segue on December 15th, 1967. So about a year after these Mothman sightings in Point Pleasant. The Silver Bridge, which carried U.S. Route 35 over the Ohio River, connecting Point Pleasant, West Virginia, and Gallipolis, Ohio. Sure. Gallipolis. Um, This bridge collapsed while it was full of rush hour traffic, resulting in the deaths of 46 people. Oh, my God. Mm -hmm. Two of the victims were never found. Investigation of the wreckage pointed to the cause of the collapse being the failure of a single eye bar in a suspension chain due to a small defect only about 0.1 inches deep. What? I know. Like, who knew that? Holy shit. That was, oh, like, my God. I, I didn't like, know I had to be afraid of, so afraid of bridges. But I like, mean, I'm terrified of bridges, so, like, this really didn't help. Okay. Um, analysis showed that the bridge was carrying much heavier loads than it had originally been designed for and had been poorly maintained. The incident gave rise to legend and connected the Mothman sightings to the bridge collapsed. Bridge collapse, popularized by author John Keel in his book, The Mothman Prophecies, which would later be adapted into a film of the same name in 2002, starring Richard Gere. Really? Oh, yeah. Like Richard Gere, Laura Linney, and like Deborah Messing. Oh, my God. In like this like early 2000s. Why are we watching that right now? I don't know. I don't get very good reviews. Okay. Um, Keel claimed that the Point Pleasant residents experienced precognitions, including premonitions of the collapse of the Silver Bridge, unidentified flying object sightings, and visits from inhuman or threatening men in black and other phenomena. Keel is... So, so basically, he thought that the Mothman could act as a... He was there as like a premonition warning oh. the Point Pleasant folk that something bad was going to happen. Oh, like an omen. Yeah. And he apparently there were, I couldn't find any evidence of these other like premonitions of the UFOs, men in black and other shit. But apparently that also happened around this time. Okay. Um, but Keel is a very problematic figure. Um, he believes that the in- intervention of mysterious strangers into the lives of historic personages. I can't, I did not write this such as, I actually, uh, though I did go back through and edit some of it to make it sound better. Apparently just not this paragraph. Um, <laughs> Good work. He believed that these sorts of mysterious phenomena have appeared to figures like Thomas Jefferson and Malcolm X. Um, Why? Because I guess they've also experienced something. It wasn't super substantiated. Okay. Um, and he believes that the Mothman is a uh, continued presence of the gods of old manifestation of these elder gods come in the forms of ufos and aliens monsters demons angels and even ghosts to places known as window areas such as point pleasant so Uh these kind of places where allow these kind of other world energies to come through and these like old ancient gods come through to warn us of of activity that could be harmful oh so like an entrance to the upside down 
basically. That's awesome. I mm-hmm. want that to be real. I know. Um, so <laughs> other Mothman sightings have been linked to, and, and there, there have been um, sightings. The, 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 these clusters of sightings have mostly been linked to, because there were so many witnesses, have most been linked to this bridge collapse. And okay. um, most of the time, if you look up the Mothman, and there's, if you are interested in this further than what I'm going to be telling you, there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of information on the internet, kind of an overwhelming amount that I kind of like oh. curtailed it down to what I felt like was the most important facts. Um, but there's a lot of kind of conspiracy theories surrounding how this creature could exist as as a warning. Um, and people have linked other Mothman sightings to the I-35 West Bridge collapse in Minneapolis in 2007, the 2009 swine flu outbreak in Mexico, the Chernobyl disaster. Oh, sure. And classic 9-11. Thought you might say that. (laughs) Um, but there've been other sightings across the globe, including as recently as January, 2018 in Chicago. Oh shit. Was it Sammy? I don't know. <laughs> um, there's a whole, actually a whole recent article of like, why do people keep seeing the Mothman in Chicago? And I was like, great. Remind me to never go back there. That's so weird. I like, don't know how to wrap my mind around this because I don't know. Keep going. Um, but the town of Point Pleasant has obviously moved past the tragedy of the bridge collapse as well as the Mothman sightings and actually began holding its, annual Mothman Festival in 2002, oh, cool. <laughs> um, which features, uh, and then ac- and actually uh, in 2003, a 12-foot-tall metallic statue of the creature created by artist and sculptor Bob Roach was unveiled. Okay, I know we always say this, but like we really we need to go yeah. there. Um, the festival is a weekend-long event held on the third weekend of every September, so it's time. Okay. Um, there are a variety of events that go on during the festival, such as guest speakers, vendor exhibits, a Mothman pancake eating contest. Hell yeah. And oh hayride God. tours focusing on the no- notable areas of Point Pleasant where the Mothman had been seen. Wow. I hope that the pancakes are shaped like the Mothman. Or they're just filled with moths. Yes. Even better. <laughs> they just like come with like free screenings of the Dark Knight. <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's the story of the Mothman. Um, oh my God, that's so weird and lovely. Yeah, it's, I, so thank you, Mary Kate, for that suggestion. Um, I, when I first, I, when I first read about it on Wikipedia, I was like, uh, I actually don't know if there's enough information. And then the further I got into this Prairie Ghost website, I was like, oh shit. Like, yeah, there's something that also like really, as we've also talked about many times, we've like wanted to see a ghost, but like, I don't want to see a fucking demon bird. I don't. Yeah. I'm not interested in, I don't witnessing this. I need to see like, I mean, I think we talked about like how like aliens, we probably can't even imagine what aliens might look like because like they're not created in human image Mm -hmm. um, because they're not from this earth. So the, the concept of like seeing something that you like cannot explain, like just like the eyes on the shoulders. I'm like, no, that's like the, like the screeching of a, a human woman. Something about like, just eyes in the darkness is actually Mm -hmm. one of the creepiest things to me because what's even worse than seeing it is not seeing it and not knowing. Oh yeah. Also, I really wanted to ask you, this is kind of unrelated. We always say like, we want to see a ghost. Mm -hmm. If you had the opportunity, would you want to be abducted and then brought, and then brought back? No, 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 you would obviously. I mean, I, would, I, I don't think I would ever emotionally recover. I probably wouldn't either, but like, what an experience. You might, yes. you could learn so much about the universe. But also I feel like no one would ever believe me. I know. 
I, I would, so the thing is like seeing a ghost, it would be a story that you could tell and probably 50% of people would believe you 50% wouldn't, or people sure. would be like, Oh, that's a great story. Bye. Um, whereas I think if I were abducted by abducted by aliens, n- no one would believe me. And I feel like I would go insane. Yeah, I guess you're right. And I feel like there's certain things that like we are not meant to know. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that, but okay. Well, I loved that story. Thank you. Um, you're welcome. There's something about so many, so many witnesses to the same thing that and really we've talked about this. Yeah. Yeah. Like when, when it's one person experiencing something or even, you know, like one or two. And like, as we talked about with the abduction of Benny and Betty Hill, is that their names? Barney and Betty Hill. Barney and Betty Hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this kind of like collective potential folia de sort of situation. However, when you have over a hundred witnesses mm-hmm. that are seeing like, and this isn't also, this isn't like a, as its name suggests, like a moth-like creature. This is a fucking potentially seven foot tall creature with a giant wingspan. Yeah. Who's flying around screeching. Well, it's something is the mm-hmm. thing is it's like they saw something mm-hmm. and maybe it was just a really big bird. That just doesn't seem. It doesn't seem super plausible, especially, I mean, there's a chance it could have been a bird that then started living in this um, polluted area, but in the TNT plant and somehow got like mutated from radiation. Yeah. But then at the same time, like, haven't we already said, like, we don't believe in Bigfoot. We don't believe in Bigfoot. So this seems even kind of less plausible in some ways. However, I feel like what I I agree until we get to the whole like premonition, like big, if the idea of like Bigfoot, just like wandering around the woods, I'm like, eh, probably like a weird bear. But with this, like it's actually mo- almost like more like ghostly or it's actually mm. more about that. Like, it's like an alien that it's like this thing. That's this old creature. This like, you know, gods of old that is coming through this, like a, basically a portal to these mm. areas that are subject to disaster. And it's like, it's there as a warning being like, you need to watch out because something really bad is going to happen. Yeah. Although like be a little bit more explicit because I know it was about a year before the bridge collapse and like mm. you like killing dogs and like just like screaming at a bunch of teenagers mm-hmm. isn't really going to make people be like, maybe I should like change my route on my way to work over this bridge this morning. You're right. Hold on to your babies. <laughs> or don't <laughs> hold on to your dogs. That's what, yeah. Oh, all right. Well, rip this, bandit. Yeah, seriously. This, like this, this episode de- is dedicated, dedicated to, to bandit. <laughs> we're going to pour out some Prosecco for bandit. <laughs> We can't because we drank it all. Oh, whoops. Um, well, that's that was wonderful. Thank do you, you. Do you want to have a little bitch session? Yeah, you, we go? you can you can go first. I have a little bit of a longer complaint. So okay, my complaint is not fully fleshed out, and I'm hoping like maybe you're going to be able to help me a little bit with this information. Okay, but generally, I've been thinking lately about the fact that we're we're getting. You know, we're getting a little older, not we're in our 20s. I'm in no way saying are we old, but we for a long time have been the millennial generation. We have been the generation that has all the newest, weirdest technology, has all of the obsessions with social media, all of this stuff. And I I've just realized recently that we're getting to a point where there is actually a generation younger than us Mm -hmm. who understands social media and technology even better than we do. And I'm starting to understand why adults kind of let pieces of technology pass them by because there's just like, it's so hard to keep up with things that change as quickly as these things do. And it's just so weird to me. I've that I've realized that there 
are these things that I can't even understand that I would have been able to understand were I like six years younger. Like what? Well, specifically, my complaint slash confusion is with um, all of these celebrities, I guess is what they're called now, but they're just categorized as Vine stars and musically stars do you know what that app musically is isn't that like it's like a fucking like dub smash yes but what the fuck is that i don't know actually no this is you're right like this is like some like fucking like logan paul bullshit right yeah yeah it's like this weird like using the internet and using social media as a way of like getting famous and like yeah but they're getting really famous but like only with a very specific small subset of the world but that's it's not that small it's millions of people Mm -hmm. It's so confusing. I don't get it. I mean, it's a, I feel it's a weird way of like bringing someone's comedy to the fold <laughs> or, mm-hmm. um, but like anyone can make a fucking six second video. I mean, Vine is, oh, wait, like, I, I'm Bailey looking, is looking up fucking Jacob Satorius. Okay. Right yeah. Now. So can you explain who this is? Uh, no, he's it's dating Millie, Millie Bobby, Bobby Brown. Brown's boyfriend. Who is this person? Okay. First of all, he's an infant. He just popped out of the womb in 2002. Oh, and God. he's described the as same <gasps> the same year as the Mothman prophecies came out. Wow, Bailey, the uh, the <laughs> Mothman was, was <laughs> warning us about Jacob Sartorius. Okay, but he's oh he got famous from posting lip syncing videos on music dot ly. That's fucking nonsense. What is that? I don't know. And we talked about this in the whole like fucking finsta rinsta yes. Yes, 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 yes. garbage. Is that wow? We're, we're, we're are we cratchety and old? Like I sure if if it means that like I don't understand what fucking musically is, you're damn right. I, yeah, we are exactly. Okay, I so definitely had a vine. I I had it for like a hot second. Well, we did. I think like in like at least my, I remember my senior year of college we had it, but we would like we didn't really know how to use it, no. so it was just like weird like videos of like us like derping around campus. Yeah, but like Vine died, so they're bringing it back. V two. Are you kidding? Oh my god! I wish. Yeah. So that's. That's my jumbled and, uh, you know, I feel like that's unexplained a explained complaint. No, but no, no, no. I think it's a it's a to be continued. Like I want to know. I want to know so much more and so much less at the same time. Exactly. Yes. Um, if you know about it, tell us about it. But also, never tell us about it. Yeah. Don't care. Um, my complaint of the week is very specific. It's something that happened to me the other day, which is. As I've mentioned this podcast, I'm finishing up graduate school in May. So I'm obviously now looking for jobs. And I saw a posting for a teaching gig that would start in the summer and bleed in potentially into the fall. And it was at a dance studio um, up in Westchester. So I went on the interview and it to say it went poorly would be an understatement. Aww. And not and not like in the poorly like, oh, this isn't going well. Like poorly like, what is happening to me? Oh. So... I'll try and be succinct. So I went up to the interview, um, which was about like 15, 20 minutes away from where I go to school right now. So it's pretty easy, but I took the time out of my day to do it. Um, like I've been doing like homework and shit. And I, the person interviewing me was 15 minutes late. Oh, wow. Okay. When she showed up, she was like apologetic, but like not really that apologetic. Kind of like, Oh, like, I'm so sorry. Like I lost track of time as she's carrying like 45 bags and like a dog. Mm-hmm. And I was like, great. And then she was like, let's like, go upstairs and like, we can chat. I'm thinking we're going to an office. Nope. Just a storage room. Uh, what? So this is like a, like a, like a recital dance studio. So it's like, you know, the walls are covered in like portraits of kids and like their jazz outfits and their tutus. And there's like little children running around. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
So mind you that the posting was saying that they were looking for teachers to teach a variety of styles of dance to children and adults. Okay. Prompt as I sit down, she was like, so how would you start teaching a jazz class to six to eight year olds? Because that's what we're looking for. Oh. And I want to be like, I wouldn't because that sounds terrible. Yeah. But of course, I have experience teaching children and I'm obviously stuck in this interview. So I go about that. And I be- it becomes very, very clear that, and I'd spoken to this woman on the phone and via email. And so she had, she had received my resume, my reel, et cetera. She could not remember anything we had talked about before or even follow along what was happening in the conversation. Oh my God. So she was like, so I'm, I'm getting my master's at Sarah Lawrence. And she was like, oh, that's so great. Um, you know, that you're at Sarah Lawrence. That's so close by. Um, are you, are you majoring in dance? And I was like, if you consider getting your master's majoring, then yes. Um, wow. Just, like just like clearly just like all over the place. And then the real, the real cherry on top was she not, it'd be one thing if she took a phone call during the interview, she placed a phone call. What? Because she had to get, like some costume supplier, like was like very time sensitive. And so she was like, I'll probably just be on hold. She makes the phone call to answer right away. And I just have to like sit there for five minutes as she like places some costume orders. What the fuck? And of course, like we leave and she's like, thank you so much. Like we'll be in touch. Like we'd love to have you. And I'm like, like literally halfway out the door, like already in my car, like bye. Oh my God. That's so horrible. It just was, it sucked. And also like I got there the interview was supposed to be at 3.30 and I figured, great, I'll be out the door by four. I didn't leave till 4.30. And I said, like, I just like, I had so much shit to do. And I just was like, this was such a fucking waste of my time. And it's just really unprofessional. Yeah. So won't be working there. Well, I mean, at least, you know. <laughs> oh, totally. And I, I, you know, you learn from bad interviews. You learn from good interviews, whether you, you know, get the job or not. But this was a situation where I was like, I don't want this. And it's, and it was nice mm. to at least know that like, and know my own worth. And I was like, I do not want this. Yeah, that's great. And like, I mean, you can look at it as interview experience, not to say that you don't already have interview experience, but, yeah, but can't hurt. I mean, I, I am confident that something better than that is going to come along for you. Thank you. I hope so. I mean, least of all, you have this podcast to support you. Yeah, At least I can. Yes, I will always have this this podcast to keep me warm and keep my pockets full. Uh, I think that's it. I think so, too. Until next week. Bye, Bye bitches. bitches.